chapter 10. I'm going to take about a half of an hour. I know you got bus kids and whatnot. Oh, I feel like a Lord can... He's done so much here in five minutes. I think he can do anything he wants to in half an hour. Thank the Lord. One scripture out of Isaiah 10 that has just... The Lord gave it to me years ago. I was in one of the darkest valleys, the darkest moments, wrestling with one of the strongest devils that I've ever wrestled with. And and some of it was my own fault. Does anybody know how that feels? And and uh, but I was in a deep, dark spiritual hour. The Lord gave me this promise. <laughs> I, you may see a fat boy just run here in just a minute. Y'all got enough happy bubbles here to float the Titanic off the bottom. Son. Glory to God. And the, it's been 10, 11 years, Brother Pointer, since the Lord gave me this promise. And I never did preach it. Son, he told me. And never was interested in developing what we call a sermon or an outline out of it. But just in recent day, just in the last month or so, it brought it to my attention and said, Tell people <laughs> about this promise. Woo! Every promise in the book is mine. Well, I need more than three of you to be excited about that. I'll run that by you again, give you a chance to redeem yourself. I said every promise in the book is mine. Every promise. But ain't it special when the Holy Ghost just lifts one out of the text? (laughs) And you know, you can believe the ones you ain't never felt. (laughs) They're true too. We don't live by felt. We live by faith. I ain't going off what I felt. I'm going off what he said. Then I'm going off what he said. But ain't it good when the Holy Ghost just takes one right out of it? And, and I gave you all all that time to go to Isaiah 10 because you're Baptist. I had to give you a little time. Get over in the middle of the OT and not get lost. And it's right there in verse 27, the end of it. I'll give you my little promise, and then I'll, then I'll context it a little bit, look at the surrounding verses. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't have an outline on this. I don't guess you need one, do you? Not, I usually have one, but I don't have Look at the end of verse 27. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Well, I know I've had 10 years to enjoy, but maybe I was expecting y'all to get it a little too fast there. Let, let me say it again, and y'all act like you're born. To, don't act like you can the Presbyterian or United Methodist now. Come on. And the yoke. Ain't you tired of that heavy yoke? Shall be destroyed. I'm glad when God says shall be, you can count on it. 
and the yoke shall be destroyed. Because of the anointing. If he's ever poured his oil on it, that yoke's going to be destroyed. Oh, y'all got to help me right there. First John is at chapter 2, chapter 3. But ye have an anointing. You're born again, the Holy Ghost in you and God on you, and you done been smeared with heaven's oil. Brother Pointer, I was in the, maybe one of the most demonic wrestling matches of my life, and the Holy Ghost come along and said, Now, do you Woo! I wouldn't jump through a window, but you got the shades drawn. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I'm glad I've been anointed. I ain't going to let no silly charismatics on the worship channel rob me of my Bible language. I can't help it. They got a strange spirit. They got a sensual spirit. They got a false spirit. Now, I ain't going to quit talking about my anointing. I've been anointed. Hallelujah to God. I've been soaked in the blood, saturated in the blood, cleansed by the blood, washed by the blood, cleansed by the blood, and covered in oil. Glory. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And if you want to alliterate it, I seen it just now. The Assyrian shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That was their arch enemy. See it in verse 24. In those days, that was the great and mighty military nation, wicked heathen, that was ruling the land, and they had them iron chariot with spikes coming out of them, and they were big and bad, and there wasn't nobody more powerful in the land. Look at here in verse 24. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts. See that that little word host means armies. It means armies. And uh, the Assyrian may have a pretty bad army in this world, but there's an army from another world. Ain't that what Elisha told his servant? Elisha's servant looking out there, them heathen come in a mad rage to attack God's man because he'd been preaching. And Elisha wouldn't panic. And the servant was panicking. Elisha prayed over in Kings. Said, Lord, lift his eyes up. Let him look. Let him see. <laughs> what? Woo! And he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, the hills round about was covered with a with a fiery horses and fiery chariots and angels all around. And the book said, "They that are with us are more than they that are with thee." Hallelujah! Honey, if God be for us, who can be against us? They that are with us are more. And they that are with me. <laughs> I wouldn't pick up this pulpit and run, but y'all made one the size of five pulpits. You can't. Look in verse 24. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, I'm glad I'm part of my people. 
They're the sheep of my pasture. We're his bride. We're his babies. We're his children. We're his offspring. We're his covenant called people. We're his. Oh, my people that dwellest in Zion. Amen. That's a good place to dwell in Zion. Thank God I ain't going back to Egypt. Y'all help me right there. I ain't going back to Moab. I ain't going, I ain't staying in Babylon. Somebody say amen. I want to hang around Zion. I want to march around her walls and look at her bulkers and look at her castles and tell the generation to come what God hath done. And I'd like to tell the generation to come what God shall do, what God can do. I want to hang around Zion. Oh, you ought to go to church. Ought to dwell in Zion. It's the spiritual Zion now. You ought to dwell in Zion. Now you can't lay out of church and stay strong spiritually. Oh, my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. What about that? <laughs> See, I don't know what this is going to mean to you, but I had a big, bad enemy that I thought was going to kill me. And in my darkest hour, the Holy Ghost took the Word of God and said, Be not afraid. <laughs> he shall smite thee with a rod. Really? You mean God ain't going to make my problems disappear? He's going to let me be under the rod for a while. He'll break that yoke, but not today. I will wear a yoke for a while. Where y'all at? Hello? There's some things you're going to live with. He stick a thorn in your side. He ain't going to yank it out just because you asked it. And God ain't never in a hurry. He moves in his own time frame. Leave a finger here. Flip over to chapter 30. I may start preaching without an outline, Pastor. That's what them old black preachers do. They read work through the work through the text. I may have to take him with me for this to work. I, but white people just look at you. I don't know. I'll borrow him for a month and I'll try to look in chapter 30 and verse 18. Look at that, chapter 30, verse 18. Listen, he shall smite thee with a rod. Oh, yeah, it ain't all going to be over with tomorrow. You're going to operate under the Assyrian for a while. <laughs> well, why don't God just hurry up and do something? Because he's God. He ain't in a hurry. When them little youngins tell you, Daddy, that's that, Daddy did that. When they push you and impatient, do you change your whole schedule because your four-year-old can't wait? No. 
They'll live. We'll get the Chuck E. Cheese after a while. Till then, you gotta clean your room up. Y'all help me now. We're gonna make it to heaven after a while. There's just some things got to be done in the meantime. There's work to be done. There's a war to be fought. There, there's a wrestling match. We got an enemy that ain't happy about us going the direction we're going. We'll get there after a while. There's some things going to be had to take care of before. Why don't God just hurry up and move? Look in chapter 30, verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait. Really? Wonder why I'm waiting. You reckon it's because God's waiting. Jump down to the end of this verse and see what the... Verse 18. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. (laughs) He's waiting on something. So we'll wait on Him. (laughs) <laughs> Why don't he get this Assyrian off of me now? Uh, he's going to get him off. He's just waiting on something. <laughs> Wonder what he's waiting on. There's four things in the verse that the, the why he's awaiting. Underline it in verse, that he may be gracious unto you. Y'all in chapter 30, verse 18? And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. There's something in the works that he's working out. And if you let him, it's going to bring a truckload of grace to you. (laughs) If he shut it all down right now because you can't wait or you can't trust him or you can't handle it, you're going to miss a whole lot of grace. He is trying to, he is trying to shift your way. That he may be gracious unto you. Wonder why else, Lord, wait. And therefore will he be exalted. <laughs> Honey, he may be working in his own time frame just so he can get some glory out of it. That he may be exalted. If I was God in my wisdom, I'd have sent Moses to Pharaoh and the first time tapped him with that little rod and Pharaoh dead. And we bring the children of Israel out and it's all over with. Cut and dried, simple and done. But our God is a jealous God. And there was some other gods, little g-gods, operating in that land And God wanted to deal with them one at a time. Every plague, you know the plagues of every plague, was it ten plagues? Every plague he brought knocked the feet out from one of their gods. They worshiped the flies, he turned the flies loose on them. They worshiped the frogs, he turned the frog loose on them. They worshiped the Nile River, he turned it to blood. When it was now if I'd have been running the show, we'd have done 
I took my little rod God gave me. They rode there. God's people delivered. It wasn't that easy. But God's so gracious. He said, when this is said and done, now, Moses and Aaron, y'all going to have to wait a while. And you ain't going to like it. And the oppression of the Egyptian of the Pharaoh is going to last a little longer. You're going to make some more bricks. You're going to sweat some more sweat. You're going to cry some more tears. Your back will wear the whiplash for just a little longer. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm getting me some glory out of some little gods who've been trying to steal my glory. You might want to wait on God because He's going to lay low them other gods that's been tormenting you. That He may be exalted. That He may be exalted. wonder if there's a third reason God ain't in a hurry. That He may be gracious unto you and therefore will He be exalted. That He may have mercy upon you. If God ended my oppression right now, I might be in judgment. Because he said, if you'll wait on me to work this out, it's going to happen to where I can have mercy. (laughs) Mercy is for criminals. Mercy is for lawbreakers. Mercy is only brought in a situation to where somebody don't deserve it. God, if He acted on all, if if He answered my prayers today and did, He may have to judge me because He may be working in my life until when He gets ready to wrap it up. He's already dealt with. He's been mer- and He can be merciful to me instead of having to judge me. <laughs> Wonder if there's a fourth reason why he's awaiting. Therefore, will the Lord wait? He wants to bring grace to you. He wants to be exalted. He's got some mercy for you. And how about for the Lord is a God of judgment? He wants to judge some things. He wants to judge Pharaoh. He wants to judge the Assyrian. Vengeance is mine. The Lord said so. (laughs) That ain't quite how it reads. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Some of these wrongs are going to be righted if you wait on his timing. Some of these injustices are going to be are going to be corrected if you'll wait on God and let Him be God. And some of these been trampled on instead of being promoted. And some of these been promoted when they ought to be laid down low. You just wait on when God's all said and done. He'll have all that worked out. I say we wait on him. I'm back in chapter 10. Oh, my people that dwellest in Zion, 
Be not afraid of the Assyrian. I'm in verse 24. He shall smite thee with the rod, shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt for yet a very little while. Oh, he said, in God's God's clock calendar, it's just a very little while. Ain't that what he said over there in Habakkuk? And yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. It seemed like a long time to me and you, but in God's economy, in God's eternal economy, it's just a little while. Oh, mercy. I love verse 27. I'm done now. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Well, I say glory. I say hallelujah. I say praise the Lord. It's good to belong to Him. I do have forethought that I ain't going to preach them, but I do have them. Israel's going to be destroyed. Or rather... Israel, that yoke will be destroyed from off her neck because they're the anointed people. God's going to deliver Israel. He hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Every Arabian, every Edomite, every wild dictator in the Middle East, honey, is being overthrown and killed, executed in the street by those they've oppressed, and all the Middle Easters are clamoring for a leader now. They ain't got one and they're looking for one. You better believe Mr. Antichrist is waiting in the wings, honey. He's right over there waiting in the wings. The lights on, the crowds gathered, the, the opening music is Silas, and they're introducing him. And he's right there behind the curtain. If you look over there, you can see Tova's shoes sticking out. He's fixing to come on the scene. Qaddafi, Hussein, honey, Egypt now. How many Middle Eastern kingdoms, Arabian kingdoms, have lost their dictator, their king, overthrown them? And honey, them walls that's been surrounding Israel, down. I'm trying to quit. He ain't asked me to quit, but I'm trying to. Israel. You know good and well, God raised up America. God bless America. He's going to have a hard time blessing America with all these killed babies and all these sodomites and turn their back on the Word of God. Honey, America's done. You hear me? She's, She's going down. She's done. She's done. It ain't going back. We're We're in irreversible, uncharted, unprecedented waters. That ought not depress you. Because before I'm an American, I'm a Christian. My kingdom's not of this world. If it were, then would my servants fight. 
didn't say there wasn't any hope for the church. I said there wasn't any hope for the nation. I ain't too tied to this nation, but I'm real tied in to the church. <laughs> and America going down will probably be a catalyst in the church spiritually coming up. I don't want to fuss, and this is not about politics. It's about prophecy. For the first time in our history now, first time in modern history, Israel no longer has a big brother or big sister watching after her. we got a man in the White House, honey, who has turned his back. He embraces red China and gives Netanyahu the cold shoulder while embracing red China. If you can... Honey, he wouldn't touch Iran, but he goes after every Christian and after free speech. Honey, I got news for you. We're in uncharted waters. And that entire Arabian world would not touch Israel because they knew America stood by. And now they know she don't. But I want to say something. When you begin to see these things, lift up, <laughs> lift up your head and look, for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm trying to hush. I'm going to tell you something about Albania here before I quit. Israel's going to be delivered. The church, the church is going to be delivered. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The saints of God are going to be delivered. Them yokes that y'all are having to deal with, cruel and cut and bite and hurt and weigh you down, they're going to be destroyed. <laughs> they're going to be destroyed because of the anointing. Whatever hell's putting on you, whatever your old health, your flesh bodies are putting on you, whatever them demons are putting on you, whatever the warfares are putting on you, whatever the heavy loads are putting on you, honey, that yoke shall be destroyed. Servants of God are going to be delivered. Those special servants of God. Now I close with two things. I got to mention this while I'm here. Israel's going to be delivered in the church too. That's the King James Bible. Four hundredth year celebration. 1611, 2011, 400 years. Go look in your Bible. As far as I can tell, y'all go look. You can find some more stuff, feel free to show it. Anytime you find the number 400 in the Bible, the nation of Israel is under the threat of extinction by a powerful government. And God always sends a deliverer. In your Bible. Moses of Egypt is there 400 years. And a Pharaoh had arisen which knew not the Lord, and he was about to crush him. But God raised up Moses. You bunch of white people got to help me now. Me and him can't do it by ourselves. Y'all got to help us. What about Malachi to Matthew? 400 years. And the Roman Empire is about to crush them. 
And God sent a Messiah. Oh, did he ever send a Messiah? An angel told a virgin <laughs> that she's going to bear a child and that shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And in both them instances I've mentioned they were killing the baby. about the very night the name Israel was given. We're going to see how many Bible readers we got now, preacher. How about, is anybody ahead of me? Y'all been watching too many Atlanta Braves. You ain't been reading your Bible enough. Is anybody with me? What about the night that the name Israel was given by God to Jacob? We wrestled with in Genesis 32. I don't know if they're with me or not there, preacher. Y'all know where 400 is in there? Y'all supposed to know. Everybody read Genesis at least in January before they forget, you know. (laughs) Esau was on the other side of the hill with a vengeance posse come to kill his brother. Or early betray. How many men did he have with him? 400 men. The very night the name Israel was given, 400 men were on the other side of the hill waiting to kill him. But the angel of the Lord came. <laughs> and Esau was going to kill Jacob. He said, I thought there's a nation. That's what he told the mama. Two nations are in thy womb. And the nation of Israel was going to be killed by the nation of Esau. <laughs> it's been, are y'all with me? How many of y'all believe there's great significance to the 1611? That wasn't the work of man. That was the work of God. It's been 400 years. Israel's under the threat of extinction tonight. (laughs) I'm looking for a deliverer to come. I'm looking for a Messiah. I'm looking for a rescuer to come. I'm looking for him to come. (laughs) Hallelujah to God. And when he gets here, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, honey. My vile body's going to be made a glorified body. He's going to lift the curse off the earth, honey. Sin and Satan will be no more. <laughs> the yoke shall be destroyed. <laughs> Help yourself, sin. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sea. There'll be no more war. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. Satan will be bound and cast in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. 
Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. There won't be no more little bus kid with drunk stepdaddies beating them down. There won't be no more abortion clinics with little mamas staggering out of there and don't know what they've done to themselves or what Satan's done to them, honey. There won't be no more drunks beating their wife, amen. There'll be no more sorrow. Glory to God. All these enemies that brother put us under the cruel yoke. There'll be no more addictions. There'll be no more strongholds. There'll be no more habits. Our nation's got chemical addictions. Our nation has got mental addictions. Our nation's in emotional bondage. We are sick people because sin has made us sick. I'm glad to report, honey, when he comes, the yoke shall be destroyed. The curse will be lifted. You won't hear about no cancer in that land. You won't hear about no arthritis in that land. There'll be no Alzheimer's. There'll be no crippled legs and bowed backs. Thank God. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. <laughs> Woo! I'm a heading for a land. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Going to a land, honey, where the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Hallelujah. And the child should play over the viper's nest. Amen. Glory to God. And the sun will be confounded. There will be no need of the moon. For the Lamb of God's the light of that world. I'm looking forward to that thousand year reign. I'm looking forward into the eternal thereafter in heaven's sweet home. Honey, I'll have my glorified body on that good, glad, getting up day. Amen. I'll never deal with sin again. The law of sin in my members will be no more. I'll deal with Satan no more. Amen. He's accused me. He's, he's antagonized me. He's, he's adversely come against me. But he'll be no more in that day. Amen. I'll be in a glorified body. <laughs> I'll never have to deal with sickness again. There'll be no little coffins. There'll be no little crying children. Thank God. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And the last enemy that shall be defeated is death. Thank God. Sin, death, hell, and the grave. Thanks be unto God. Giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'll not get out of here without mentioning Calvary. My yoke, <laughs> that heavy yoke will be taken off of me because he put that heavy cross on his shoulders one day. <laughs> what he did for me then, it'll come into the full picture there because he took my yoke that day. 
There's coming a day he'll fully and finally take the yoke off of me. Hallelujah. I bless his name. <laughs> Woo! The yoke. God's people, he's seen to it some way or another. He's kept us poor. He's kept us broke. He's kept us low. He's kept us humble. Probably saving us all from ourselves by doing that. If we'd have got rich, we'd have left him. If we wouldn't have been sick, we wouldn't have called on him. If I hadn't have been laid low by that devil, I'd have never been picked up by that God. If I hadn't have been in that valley, I'd have never appreciated that mountaintop. He knows what he's doing. But there's coming a day he knows what he's going to do for his bride because he loves her. I close with this. I'm going to Albania on Thursday, that Middle East, the only third world country in Europe. That's how they advertise it. They don't, but others do. Going in the spring next year, I told you, Pastor. I want him to go with me. Y'all get him about $3,000 together between now and then. We'll send him. Carry him into that third world country. Let him help us. Going over there Thursday and carrying some young preachers. A couple of pastors and several young preachers praying that God has sent laborers into harvest. General Hosha. You can Google it. Go in your history. Google it there on the internet. And this, these kids don't know how to go to the history books. They Google everything. And you can look at Albania's dictator. He was worse than Stalin. Worse than Hitler far as how he was to his own people. He stamped out every notion of every god. He burned the Roman Catholic cathedrals. He burned the Greek Orthodox churches. And he burned, believe it or not, all the Muslim mosques. He burned every religious book there was. He said he was God. Closed the borders. They had to sing to him. They had to pray to him. They were enslaved. They were raped and murdered and tortured. He declared there'd be no notion of any God except him. Well, guess what happened to him one day? He died. Guess what God's never done? He never died. Now, we're carrying Bibles in there and go down in that little Colosseum. I'll show it to you next year. Down in that little Colosseum where Titus, y'all remember Titus? Paul's preacher boy, that's where they killed him. They stoned him over there. I carried them young boys in there next week, the Lord willing. We'll go down there in that little Colosseum in that town where they stoned Titus. Last time we was over there, we read the book of Titus out loud. Word for word. 
There were 12 of us, and I whispered out loud when I got done reading it. General Hosha ain't nowhere around, but the gospel's still there. Bloody, one of our drivers, he ain't no bigger than you, son. He's 92 pounds. Been a five-year-old boy. Strong, wiry little thing. He said, missionary came through here. Is that time to figure out how he got saved? All the young ones over there learn English. They know it's their only ticket to something maybe good happening for them one day is know how to speak English. And uh, he said, I asked him how he got saved. He was our driver. Worked at a little hotel there with some Christians there. He said a missionary came through one day said, here's my friend. He was only there two days. Only knew him two days. Never saw him again. He said, he is my friend. Them poor people have a very simple. They can learn some lessons off how they look at things. When you've been starved and tortured, you kind of get down to what matters. America is the silliest bunch of whiniest things you've ever seen. America is. Don't know what matters. He said he was here for two days. He is my friend. He said he left me a book. It was a Bible. Left him a Bible and has said, He left me a book. He said, I go home and take out my Koran. He's Muslim. He said, I open my Koran. He said, I take this new book and I open it next to my Koran. He said, I looked at my Koran. He said, Then I look at the new book. And he said, When I look at the new book, something changed inside me. Without a pastor, without a church, without a teacher, without a choir, without a background, without any heritage except hell, the Word of God is quick, powerful, and gets down right in between the joints. Yokes come off over there somewhat, and the light's coming in. I want y'all to pray for, for me, and I want y'all to send him next year over there and help me. I'm glad the yokes will be destroyed. Our heads are bowed. I don't know who plays the piano or plays the guitar, but let's all stand. Our heads are bowed. Our Father, thank you. Our Lord God, thank you now. What you've done for us, what you've said to us, how you've helped us. Oh God, what a promise. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Our heads are bowed. I don't know what you need.
but he's here, and he'll help you. Christian, why don't you come and get on this altar about those things you've been wrestling with? Child of God, why don't you come bring those burdens and those battles to the Lord? That's right, come on. Sinner friend, why don't you come to Jesus and give him the burden of your sin? While we pray this thing first. Hallelujah. You may have a fancy car, oh, yes. a brand new house that shines by far. You may live to be a hundred years old. But if you oh, yes. have not been saved, it all ends with the grave. But I want us to be together in heaven. If you need to come this morning, you can. Altar's open. Amen. I appreciate man of God minding God today. Hey, listen, if you don't know Jesus, you need to come get saved so we can be together in heaven. I believe a man of God was preaching to some people of God. Some of you has been under bondage and burdens and the devil's just wearing you out and you just need to come today and say, God, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to be obedient. I'm the Lord this morning. Come on. Let me get a couple of you ladies to come pray with Miss Sandra this morning. Maybe you miss quiet if you will. And you come if you need help. You say, Preacher, I feel like I got a yoke on me. I feel like the enemy's destroying me. I'm telling you, friend, you're just going to have to get to God. And then, like he said, he may not take it away today, but I'm going to tell you something. He will take it away. I believe that. Amen. I was thinking about when he was preaching that, and I know when you're a young Christian, this is hard to swallow. 
There was some of the stuff we were saying amen on when really inside we were saying oh me. Because it hurt if you really knew what he was talking about. He was talking about that, that God's got to do a work in your life. He's going to have mercy on you. But he's got to get rid of some things so he can do that. He's got to work some things out in your life. And there's been a whole lot of things that if God would have took them out of my life, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. He had to leave them until that time. And he knows the time. I don't, but he does. I'll never forget one night laying in my driveway going through one of the hardest times of my life and praying to God, saying, Oh God, if you don't do something today, I'm going to die. You know when God did something? Two months later. <laughs> Two months later. Amen. That's when he did it. That night, I was, I, I was going to die. That's what I told God. God, if you don't fix this tonight, I'm going to die tonight. I cannot do this. Anymore. God, you've got to fix this tonight. Two months later, God fixed it. You know what happened? I didn't die. <laughs> uh, you know what happened? I got better. Amen. Because God had to do a work in my life. Sometimes He doesn't remove it. Amen. Just like you think. But He's always on time on His time. Praise the Lord. All right. I'll tell you what. I want to do something this morning. I think the altars is cleared. Preacher, I appreciate you minding.